2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Your Village podcast, parenting beyond discipline, the place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your host, Erin Royer Azraland. In today's episode, I will be discussing two common areas of concern around potty training, and these are nighttime potty training, or sometimes known as bedwetting, which is knowing when your child is ready to nighttime train and how to go about it. And then the second topic I'll cover is potty training relapse. Relapse in potty training means a child who has been trained for a while, two to three months or more, and then has relapsed into either having full-on accidents or leaks into the underwear several times a day for a week or more. I'll start with nighttime training and bedwetting. Many parents expect their kids to nighttime train shortly after they are daytime trained. And as a matter of fact, I got a question on this from Sylvia in Vermont asking, my five-year-old has been day potty trained for over two years. I expected she would have been going through the night dry by now. I'm getting a little concerned. What should I do? As you've heard, Sylvia, this is a common expectation. It's also an area where I think a lot of parents don't talk about it because there seems to be a lot of embarrassment around this. So it may feel like you are the only one of the, uh, it may feel like you are one of the few dealing with it, but that's simply not true. As it turns out, a lot of kids in your child's age range are still not able to stay dry overnight. We've set up some unrealistic expectations that lead us to feel concerned unnecessarily. Five is well within the range of normal for still not going through the night dry. Nighttime training is the last step in potty training. There's a hormone that must be produced in enough of an amount that lets the kidneys know that they need to slow down the production of urine during the night. These hormones mature at different rates in different kids. So, here are some bedwetting statistics so you can know what to expect. Bedwetting is extremely common for kids six and under. Broken down by age, these are the percentage of kids who wet the bed. And when I say wet the bed, I mean they're just not staying dry at night. So they might be in a pull-up. They're technically not wetting the bed, but they are producing urine overnight. And then voiding it into a pull-up or into their underwear if they're in underwear overnight. At age five, 15 to 20% of kids are still wetting throughout the night regularly. By age six, it's 14 to 17%. By age 10, 5% of kids are still having frequent bedwetting episodes, and by age 15, it's down to around 1%. Now, bedwetting for ages 6 and under only needs addressed if the child is feeling really bad about it. Absolutely no shame should be coming down from parents, siblings, or other family members. So if you have a 6-year-old who is concerned about a friend finding out or really wants to work on it, then great. Go ahead and help them out with it. Many pediatricians do not start to get concerned until kids are as old as eight, but check with yours if you are concerned or you want to try to get things moving along. But time generally is the best treatment in most cases for this bedwetting scenario. If you want to start moving things along, so here are some things you can do. Stop the drinking of all fluids after 6pm and don't leave any water cups in the room overnight. Make your child go to the bathroom before he or she goes to bed, and then when you go to bed, take your child to the potty. Now, this is best if it's two hours or more after your child has initially fallen asleep. So yes, this means you're going to wake your child up. You're going to rouse him or her from sleep enough to kind of walk them down the hallway into the restroom, really take care of them because they are really groggy and you don't want them to get hurt, walk into walls. And they sometimes will pee right on the floor. They'll pee right in their pull-up. So you really have to guide them and help them because they could be literally still like half asleep. And help them, you know, get ready and and void into the toilet and then get them back to their bedroom safely. Now for kids over six or seven, you can also try a wet alarm. There's alarms out there like the wet stop and it attaches to the pull-up or underwear and it beeps very loudly when it gets wet and it rouses the child and the parent from sleep. These take about 12 weeks to work and have a 75% effectiveness rate according to a study published in Pediatrics Magazine. So if you're okay with and ready to be woken up at least once, but sometimes it's multiple times during the night for about 12 weeks while your child, it teaches your child how to wake up and rouse when they have to go to the bathroom by all means go ahead and check out one of those wet alarms. So now for relapses. A lot of parents think of a relapse as something that happens within the first three to six months after potty training. And while that's true, and they do, surprisingly, a lot of kids will have relapses later, even into early elementary school, which catches a lot of parents off guard. And it's actually more common in girls than boys. And this is another area where parents who are dealing with this struggle alone because they're afraid to talk about it. It feels embarrassing, and especially when the child is older, five, six, or more. And they don't want to embarrass their child, have a friend over here, and then open the door to their child being made fun of at school. So this is something parents really seem reticent to discuss with one another and share. But know that if this is happening, you're not alone. First, I'm going to talk about the basics of handling accidents. Accidents are the full on soaking through the clothes and even onto the floor, basically this fully eliminating the bladder as opposed to the frequent leaking that can also occur as a part of relapse. So for accidents, the rules of thumb will hold true whether your child is in the midst of potty training, newly potty trained, or has been potty trained for a while. First and foremost, never discipline for accidents. It's a developmental milestone. So as soon as the discipline comes into play, it can turn into a power struggle and can actually set off a whole host of other issues. So just like we're learning to walk, we don't discipline a child for falling. Even if they've been walking for years, we cheer them back up and encourage them to try again. We want to keep that same upbeat, positive attitude you had on the very first day of potty training. So you might wanna say something like, you went pee, do you remember what that feels like? The next time you feel that, let's try to get to the potty, okay? The overall goal is to get your child to feel the sensation, recognize that sensation early enough, and get to the potty. So giving gentle reminders and practice is the best way. We never want to have any shame around potty training accidents. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. By Heart is an infant nutrition company whose mission is simple make the best formula in the world using the latest in breast milk science.
0: Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com.
2: So for children who are newly potty trained, as in fully trained for two to three months and then just decide they don't want to do it anymore, you can try to re-spark their interest by offering raisins or M&Ms if you need, but preferably something like raisins. Then after a couple days, you just forget to give it. After that, you only give when they remember and then soon after that, no more. If you've listened to some of my classes on the website or been to my classes in person, you know that I'm strongly against using reward systems, as well as most other child development experts also follow the same line of thinking. So we're against the reward systems for behavioral modification, especially in areas where we want long-term change, like potty training. This is a long-term process. You want your child to learn to go to the potty and go. So this needs to be on, the onus needs to be on them. So using this technique is just meant to be a gentle nudge back in the right direction of potty training, but not a good tool to use for long-term behavior change or behavior management. So like I mentioned, we want our kids to feel when they need to go in time and get themselves to the potty because they are ready and because they want to do it. So we don't want to use that reward system for more than a couple of days. We wanna try it for a couple of days, get them back on track and then pull that back away and just forget all about it. And hopefully they will as well. So in addition to accidents, there's this dampness in the underwear, which is another aspect of relapse. And I got a question this week from Emily in Charleston, West Virginia about her five-year-old daughter. My five-year-old seems to be damp in her underwear all day long. I think she just doesn't want to stop playing, but she's been potty trained for years. I've tried sending her at intervals, but the effects don't last. After a few days, she falls right back into her old habits. I don't know what to do. So Emily, like I shared earlier, this is way more common than you probably realize, and especially with girls. So hopefully that helps allay some of your concerns. But for Emily and anyone else who is also experiencing this consistent dampness several times a day over a week or longer... And this can be with or without accidents. Sometimes you'll have dampness with accidents. Sometimes it's just dampness three, four times a day, and they have to go change their underwear. This is more common in older children four, five, six, even older. Um, the younger kids, when they're having that potty training relapse, it's usually accidents. So, what do you do for your older kids? There's a couple things you can do. Emily, you've done these, so I'll get to yours in a moment. But for other people who haven't tried these other aspects, these are the first things you can try to do. You can do a boot camp type potty training, which I cover in the potty training class on my website. And this doesn't mean like drill sergeant. It just is a particular way of potty training over a two to three day period where the focus during those days is almost completely on potty training. You can also try the interval training, meaning you set an alarm for every X interval. So it could be an hour, it could be two hours, it could be 30 minutes, whatever you deem appropriate, and send your child to the bathroom. So I know, Emily, you've tried this, so I know um, this was a place to start. It's not working for you, you're gonna move on to the next step. So you might say, I'm gonna try for an hour, and if that works, great, then back it down to two hours, three hours, and then see if your child's gonna go on his or her own. If you're doing an hour and it's not quite working, you can move it up to every 30 minutes. See how that goes. See if you can get it to work that way. You want to move it forward or backwards depending on how it's doing. The goal, of course, is to move it to longer and longer intervals to two to three hours and then letting your child go on their own because, of course, the goal is to get your child to learn to feel when they need to go on their own. But sometimes doing this for two to three days is enough to get your child reconnected with that sensation and they're good to go off on their own. Now, if neither of these work, or they work but only for a week or two and then you get another relapse, it's time to get your child checked by your pediatrician. Your pediatrician will most likely send you to a specialist for some non-invasive testing like an ultrasound and an exam. Now, chances are everything is fine. In most of these cases, Everything is just fine physically. But if there is a problem, then you won't spend months getting frustrated or spinning your wheels. You can get right to solving the issue. Now, your pediatrician or the specialist will most likely have you work on a potty chart, not as a reward system, but as a way to see what might be happening. So I've created a blog post with a chart that you can print out and use. You can go to yourvillageonline.com slash blog And either search under the potty training topic or search for the term relapse. And this way, you can start using it and take it to them to the appointment to have a head start on the process. Sometimes these things are due to things like constipation or other issues. And then the doctor can see or let you know what else he or she wants you to do, look for, or track. And then you can work with your pediatrician and specialist in getting this problem turned around. But the first place to start, they're gonna have you do that chart. So you can get started on your own with that if you'd like to. Another thing that you can do, if you've taken your child to the pediatrician, you've got everything checked out, physically everything looks great, there's no problems, you're charting, you're doing exactly what you need to do every three hours, two to three hours, getting your child to the bathroom, and you're still seeing problems with leaking or accidents you can go ahead and use the tool that I discussed in the nighttime potty training, which is that alarm, that wet alarm, the wet stop or something similar, and have your child wear that during the day. If you're going to be home and available and able to do this really intense and focused potty training, um, put the alarm on your child and when it starts to be they'll run to the bathroom real quick, you can turn it off, and that will help get their mind connected with that feeling of having to go to the bathroom, and that can um, help really catapult that in the right direction. Now, if you have questions about relapse, nighttime training, or any other parenting or child development concerns, check out our site for our list of classes at yourvillageonline.com. We have over 40 classes available and constantly adding content. Now, in the next episode, I'll be discussing respect. Now, out of respect for you, I won't sing the song, although it's in my head, but I'll refrain from doing that for you. I get a lot of questions around how to handle disrespectful behavior from kids that attitude, that tone of voice, that entitlement they throw at us. So, I'll be discussing ways to set up respectful communication boundaries and rules around respect in your home and get that turned around if you're struggling with a lot of that. It's a common issue today, and there's some reasons for that, which I will also share in the next episode. If you would like to see what else we have coming for episodes or to submit a question, you can go to yourvillageonline.com podcast, or you can also submit feedback and questions at podcast at yourvillageonline.com and you can let me know what topics you would like to hear about.
0: Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah Baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments.
2: And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah Quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft. Made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com.